Hey guys, this is Taylor Bradley. And this is Alex Yankovich. And welcome to Booked and Stressed. All right, guys, it's time for our call to action. This week, our call to action will be the Debbie Allen Dance Academy. The Debbie Allen Dance Academy is a 501c3 nonprofit that offers a comprehensive dance curriculum to students ages four and up. The founding principles of the Debbie Allen Dance Academy are based on the belief that arts education defines discipline, creativity, and self-confidence. The Debbie Allen Dance Academy offers a multitude of dance programs, including both youth and adult classes, virtual classes, intensive training programs, and even plans for the Debbie Allen Middle School for the Arts. Most recently, you may have seen Debbie Allen in the Netflix special Dance Dreams, Hot Chocolate Nutcracker. This film, currently on the top most watched shows on Netflix, documents the casting, creation, rehearsals, and behind the scenes work that go into Debbie Allen's fresh and diverse take on the traditional Nutcracker ballet. This visibility to a diverse and non-traditional Nutcracker is essential to continue to inspire future generations of all shapes, sizes, colors, backgrounds, and dance disciplines. To donate, you can visit www.debbieallendanceacademy.com slash donate. We will have this link listed below in our description. What's up, Alex? How's it going? It's going good. You know, I just arrived in Maine. I'm very fortunate I get to be with my family um, this Christmas after several COVID tests and lots of precautions, but I'm very excited to be with them. So now I'm hanging out with the cat and uh, my sister gets here today and my brother gets here next week. So I'm super excited to have a normal Christmas this year. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm so grateful that you're able to spend that time with your family. And same for me. We're actually, we're headed to San Diego. Um, we're driving down with our pup to hang out with my fiance's family. So yeah, amidst all the craziness of this year, I'm glad both you and I get to have uh, some family time for this, this lovely tradition and um, this holiday that I feel like is so needed now more than ever for everyone's morale. But um, yeah, I wanted to um, touch on kind of our call to action. I know this week we had mentioned um, uh, Dance Dreams, the Hot Chocolate Nutcracker. And what are your thoughts on the Nutcracker? I don't think we've ever really discussed this. Um, and for me, I know I have a handful of embarrassing stories um, from being like a 14-year-old toy soldier um, to like fully dropping a girl mid-show um, from an overhead lift. So have you, ever, have you ever cracked nuts? Have you ever done this, this <laughs> crazy ballet tradition that we all know and love? So I feel like it's a very general and basic assumption to assume anyone who's a professional dancer has done the Nutcracker, but I actually have never done one Nutcracker, not even in college, like on off season when people go home and some people go home and do help out with their hometown Nutcracker. No, I literally have never done one, but I'm familiar with everything. I used to watch Nevada Ballet Theater's Nutcracker and it's beautiful. So I have so much respect for it. I love it. I am not familiar with any of the variations. Like if someone asked me to do it now, I'd be like, sugar plum what? Um, <laughs> I feel like it's really embarrassing. I actually don't like telling people I haven't done one. Um, but I also feel like I had a lot of, um, you know, saved rehearsal time. But also I want to add with competition season, you like during Christmas time, it's fun. You do your like your fun dances. Um, at the studio, but it's a big time you're prepping for the new year, which when you get into the new year, you have like all the competitions starting like January 4th. So I feel like it's always been a big prep time for that. So that's my excuse. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. It, it makes so much sense. And yeah, we, I went to like a strictly like competitive, mostly like jazz contemporary studio. So not that we didn't do ballet, but it wasn't our main focus, but mm -hmm. um, I definitely went to school. A lot of the girls that also were at my studio, went to a private school that had a really strong dance program that really did emphasize ballet. And at that school, if you didn't go to Roswell City Dance Studio I was in, a lot of them went to Roswell Dance Theater, which they were like ballet, nutcracker, like that was their thing. And so I had the opportunity to work with them just because there was a shortage of boys. Um, and so they brought me in and we're talking like 14, like I like, I couldn't tell the difference between like a Tondu and a Ronde Chambre. Like I was full <laughs> on like, yeah, just a muggle mess. And they'd be like, cool, here's tights. Also, you're a toy soldier. One of my favorite memories, also most embarrassing, um, 
we had to like load up into the little like toy soldier box and they would like push us out. And for whatever reason, um, it was like me and a female toy soldier and she was in front of me because she was shorter. And so I don't even know how this happened, but I got turned around inside the toy soldier box. And so the door opened and she went out the front and then after she went out the front, I'm facing the wrong direction. And like, I got so confused and disoriented <laughs> that then the entire rest of the number was just a steaming hot chestnuts roasting on an open fire mess. Uh, <laughs> then flash forward, you would think, I mean, I don't know why they brought me back, but uh, <laughs> they did. And I, I, yeah, it was like my senior year before I went to college, um, they had me do the Spanish variation, which I feel like Spanish and Chinese, like no shade on anyone that has ever done that. At least in my experience, it's like the, okay, so you're not super strong in ballet, but we're going to fake it with some toe touches or maybe Spanish <laughs> is all about like partnering. So they're like, just pick up the girl and throw her over your head. Again, still in high school. And like, I love partnering. It's my thing. But like overhead presses, I still get kind of like scared about. And, and you're in like heavy costumes, no? Right. Yeah. And then you throw on point shoes and those aren't exactly yeah. the in the world. I don't know. Just making excuses, trying to justify myself. But yeah, we went up for like, <laughs> arabesque like basic overhead press and she, i she slipped my right hand on her armpit slip and then it was like oh no 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 like literally just continuing to what like the models that tripped down the runway yeah it just kept like slipping slipping, <laughs> slipping and then fell poor girl like not like a hard fall but like definitely not part of the choreography like fell down and then just awkward you see be like ah what do we do what do we do and she just gets up and like bows and runs off and I was like I guess we're gonna leave now and that's it yeah so, that's not, amazing though you got to have that experience it prepped you for balancing in college oh my gosh yeah no it was and I'm so grateful um for uh it was uh Nancy Yilmaz down at Tolbert Yilmaz was the school um, and Roswell for giving me that opportunity. And like, I'm joking and making fun of myself because that was like two instances that were like, not so great, but there were so many great opportunities. And yeah, it's, it, it's interesting how um, I feel like, at least in my experience, it was either like jazz or ballet and you had to dedicate yourself to one of the two. So I'm super grateful to have landed somewhere in between and have the opportunities to do both. But my other favorite thing about Nutcracker is, Maybe it was just the girls I went to elementary school with, but you know, it's like before, like right before finals or whatever finals are in elementary school, you know, like advanced finger painting, but they would show up to school full face, like Mac Ruby red lipstick yes. and like lashes. And it's like 2 PM and they'd be like, Oh, sorry, I have to go to Nutcracker after this. And it was like, <laughs> you were like, cool. Cause you were like, stop looking at me. Cause I'm in makeup, but also like, I'm a star. You know? I'm, so, I'm a star. I do. I have to say, you know, it's such a beautiful show. And I know for um, people who do do it every year and have done it every year for the past, you know, 10 or 12 years, it has got to be sad because it's definitely part of like the holiday routine. And so this year with the Nutcrackers not happening, I know a couple of my students are doing like a virtual Nutcracker and they're doing like a green screen thing so everyone can watch it. But, you know, it's just not the same. So I definitely feel for everyone not getting to have that same Christmas uh, you know, tradition and also performing on Christmas too. It's like, we're going to do the Nutcracker on Christmas for everybody. And it's, it's a bummer. Yeah. And nostalgia and talk about, I know we saw mentioned this, um, is like finding your purpose through dance. And I feel like in the ballet world, it's like, uh, that is kind of your sole purpose for December is you're like, I'm going to spread Christmas cheer and I'm going to be snow queen and I'm, you know, yes. snowflake. and so it's like, yeah, I feel like what, if you've done it for, 10 12 15 years i feel like it's a little bit of like identity loss when you're like what do you mean i i i'm not strapping on my point shoes but also absolutely i have to point out how do you say it like modern jazz tap what what's it called the style we're talking about modern jazz tap like, wait like the nutcracker is is a what production it's a like not a trick question ballet. yeah it's Fair? a ballet production okay i have, i have to give credit right? to <laughs> Kelly Moeller, who's actually recently been married. Um, but she gave me so much crap. She was a friend in college. Um, and we were actually uh, partners for our listeners that don't know. Um, beautiful, tall ballerina, but we were partnered together because I'm 6'2". And that was about how tall she was in point shoes. Yeah. But she uh, was an incredible dancer, ballerina, who went on to dance for Rochester City Ballet. But she gave me so much crap in my freshman year. She's like, it's ballet, not ballet. 
<laughs> which I'm like, every time I say the word now, I get scared and I'm like, oh God, I'm, like, I'm an imposter. I'm a fake. Oh, so anyways, Kelly. I need to get better like, at that. Yeah, thanks for calling me out. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest, I still get anxiety every time I say the word. But That's anyway, um, well, enough about Nutcracker. Um, let's get into our guest interview this week. Today we have an extremely special guest, my friend Clarice Ordaz. I've known her since I was in high school. We were on Rosary Dance Team together. And then she went off to join the cast of season eight, So You Think You Can Dance. And almost immediately after that, she was on Taylor Swift's Red Tour, which was so incredible. And she also was featured in La La Land. And she's just one of the most amazing dancers and people I've you know, known my life. And I've always truly looked up to her. She may not know this, but she's always been someone that I look up to dance-wise and just as a person. She's such a kind human being and just one of the most humble people I've ever met. And I'm really excited to get into some questions uh, with her and yeah, to kind of pick her brain, brain about her journey. So welcome Clarice Ordaz. Hi guys. How you doing? Good, good. Hi Clarice. Um, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, echoing what Alex said, um, we are so excited to hear all about your journey and um, yeah, your transition from uh, rosary into being on the show into the rest of life. So um, yeah. yeah, what's new though? How, how's everything going with this crazy That's COVID time? It's, it's going, it's going. I'm actually pretty busy, but um, I mean, we're going to dive into that, but thank you guys for having me. I'm so excited. Of course. Um, well, Clarice, let me, I know you and Alex go way back. Um, from Rosary High School days, um, but kind of for our listeners and for myself, like fill me in kind of um, brief overview of that time. Like how did you get into dance and then how did we get here? So <laughs> I know that's a lot to unpack, but. Um, it but. is, yeah, it is. Um, so, I mean, I've been dancing since I was in diapers. My, I mean, I feel like that's just like the typical answer that any dancer would give, but. Um, truly, I mean, I have videos from diaper days, dancing in the living room. Like my mom was just like, I don't know what that, where she's learning. Like I was just, I would just copy what these dancers would be doing, like ballroom dancers, ballet dancers on the TV. And it, I was just nonstop. So my mom's like, you need to get into a class or two. And so my first recital was like two and a half, three like years old. And I mean, it just, that, that, that's crazy to me. Like thinking back um, and looking at little kids now, you're like, there's no way she's <laughs> just like picking her nose. So, I mean, it really just started, it was just a passion in my blood. And my mom actually did uh, ballet flocorico, which is like Mexican dancing um, growing up. So I feel like I got rhythm from her and passion for dance from her. So it's just been in my blood my entire life. I started training at a place called Belinda's in Studio C, which is actually a really well-known uh, studio from back in the day. And um, Dennis Caspery and Dee Caspery and Tyler Peck all trained. And, and it's just, it's been a, it's, I was really lucky to be in the area where these legends, you know, now legends started out. So um Belinda's Studio C, and then as soon as I was like nine or ten, we went to West Coast School of the Arts, and they're actually a really well-known dance studio in, in, in the OC, and I actually still teach there, so I've been, I mean, I've been around them and, and Paula, the owner, for since I was nine, so practically 20 years. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Um, so... Uh, after that, I, I was, after high school, I, um, went to Cal State Long Beach for a year to do the dance program. And that was incredible. The dance program there is, I, I want to go back for the dance program. Um, I didn't finish college, but, uh, cause that's when I transitioned to So You Think and, and just started dancing professionally. But I do miss that training, those teachers, the professors, just everything about it. Um, the facility was beautiful. So I've had a lot of training and I'm so blessed that my family gave me that opportunity because I wouldn't be where I am today without it. So, yeah. I just have to say too, it's been really fun kind of growing up and like branching out because um, obviously I went to the dance spot, but like we always watched West Coast School of the Arts and I ended up teaching there in my summers home from college. But everybody I've met now, like 
in my life later who also knew of West Coast, because you guys are pretty well known in like the Showstoppers competition that you guys perform at. Those YouTube videos are famous. And it's so funny. Like one of my good friends, Russell, is like, oh, I always know when I see a West Coast dancer. <laughs> like you just know. You guys have such great technique, but you also have an aesthetic that everybody can pick up on. And I laugh yeah. now. I'm like, yes, because I was like, our dance team was basically like split with like West Coast School of the Arts and Dance Spot people. And it just, yeah. I learned so much from you guys and like Taylor and Jordan. I was like, oh my God, yes, I want to like pick this up and like put it in my box, in my pocket. Honestly, I mean, that was a let, like, like, yeah, like you said, like there was like split half and half with our dance team at Rosary and such good dancers on that team. We were so lucky to be a part of that team at that time. And, and everyone just, I'm just so happy that I had the experience I did because I just, it was an amazing group of kids, amazing group of teammates, amazing group of coaches. And um, yeah, the dan dancers were pretty fierce. So I'm just really happy and excited that we had that. Absolutely. And everyone got along like pretty well. I kind of hear horror stories of other. Yeah, me really too. So it's, I, I'm like, wow, what a <laughs> blessing that was. I, it's truly set us up I, for success. I literally don't know anything different. Like I had such a good experience everywhere. Everyone's like, I literally hear horror stories and I'm like, Oh, that was not my experience. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry. Now, did you do Cal State Long Beach dance team as well for that first year? Yeah, I did. did so what all. was that difference? <laughs> like, cause that was, I remember being amazed that you did that. I knew So You Think You Can Dance was a goal because I remember this is so creepy. You did something either in your yearbook or there was some like thing was, at Rosary where it was I, I like. I know exactly what you're talking about. It was, yes, homecoming, it was like. It was homecoming yes. queen. Uh, like we had to put in a little about me for Servite to see like, what's this girl all about? Am I going to vote for her for queen? And on it, it said like, love the Beatles, hot chocolate, Disneyland, still love all those things. And it said my like number one goal is to be in the top 20 of So You Think You Can Dance. And I was like, that was that was my senior year of high school and the following year that happened so it's it's pretty crazy that was it was my like that was my end all be all i thought that was it like i didn't even know about professional dancing like i just wanted to be on that show and be like dancing in that light with those choreographers and just like i don't even care about like the personality the fandom like i didn't want that i just wanted to dance on that stage <laughs> Yes. And like to have so, your talent showcased, like, yeah, like, cause you are so talented and you're always a standout. So it's like just having that light and work now have a whole new section of choreographers come in, have the wardrobe, have it be that so like fun. perfect picture. Like yes. it was crazy. I remember reading that on the homecoming court thing and being like, Oh yeah, that's like, no one had any doubt in anyone's mind. We're like, yeah, Clarice, that's just like going to be the next thing for her. Oh, so it's, it's, it's pretty crazy that that happened. Um, but yeah, that's, so you think, oh, so yeah, so Cal State Long Beach, I was doing dance team and dance department, which was, I mean, my schedule was rigorous. Like I was, I didn't have time to do anything else. I mean, I, I did, I taught at two different studios. <laughs> I taught at West Coast and I taught at On Stage Dance Center and like close to Cal State Long Beach just to get that money. And like, I don't, like I didn't have any time to sleep. So I, I remember actually people would make fun of me because at the dance department after or before a class, like I would always be like huddled up sleeping in the dance department and they would always take photos of me. I was in my socks and just like always sleeping at like 10 a.m. <laughs> during my 45 minute break. <laughs> so funny. You were on the show, um, I think Alex said season eight. So we're looking at what was that? How many years ago? Probably like eight, nine, nine now. Nine? nine. Yeah, 2011. How time flies. Um, and I know how much of a inspiration, like even speaking for myself, like that, I feel like that show brought visibility to dance in such a, um, unprecedented way that like really paved the way for like, as we call them, the muggles to like appreciate dance, you know? And so what was your, um, your experience on the show? I mean, like thinking back to almost a decade ago. I know. Yeah. Like I said, that was like, I mean, it was a huge show back then. It's dwindled down. I think, um, you know, people are always coming up with newer and better and more exciting things in, in the entertainment industry, in any industry. Um, so I feel like, you know, it's as it's still amazing and incredible and a great opportunity, but it has changed a little bit with all of the world of dance and other things and dancing with the stars, a lot more exciting to watch a celebrity not be able to do a kickball change. Great. But <laughs> um, 
so you think of my experience was amazing. And um, again, I was just wide eyed, excited. I, I Again, I didn't even, I, I swear, I was so nervous to be on camera other than dancing. Like I hated all the interviews. I just tried to be like, I don't know, it was, it was, that was like stressful. But like all the stage stuff and competing and dancing, loves, love, love, like ate up every second of it. But I think that was just me. I'm just a shy person in general, unless I'm dancing. Like that's what people always said about me. Like I was quiet in the classroom or whatever. And then they, I went on stage and people were like, that is not the same. Like that's not the same person. So that's just, I'm just a natural born performer in dance. Um, Absolutely. But I think that was just, I think that was just my age. And um, I wasn't, I wasn't playing, I wasn't trying to play any game. And I know that that's a big part of a reality show like that too. And I'm just happy that I was able to get to top 10 without trying to <laughs> manipulate any, any sense of the show, the, the game, the anything. I was just going out there and dancing. No, absolutely. That's, yeah. I that's love- gotta be really hard. Like, to not every time your interview would just be like, okay, I'm really trying to learn this dance that I have like a couple <laughs> days to learn and then stage. Like, can't I just be focused on making this amazing? Like that's gotta be really, really difficult. But yeah, it's, I loved the um, Bollywood piece that you had done. I remember that yeah. one's like sticks in my head. Like so it sticks well. in your and- head. It was my favorite. It was the best time I performed yet. I got eliminated from it. <laughs> Drama. I have a theory. I have I have a theory. Uh, West Coast was so they were like so supportive. I mean, so supportive. Um, all of my teachers, all the students, and they had nationals that week, and so they were like, not they couldn't watch live. They couldn't vote. Like I feel like, I mean, I feel like a huge portion of my voters were just like unavailable because they were dancing at nationals. That was just my theory. That's like how I want to make it seem better for myself. <laughs> no, totally, and that that. I love what you said. We went from America's favorite dancer to America's favorite celebrity that can't dance. Like, what yeah, people dance? love that. They love it. I'm like, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not about, I'm not about all that. That's right. why it's, it is a very, dance. It, yeah, no, it's a very conflicting thing um, that I'm in this industry because I'm like, well, like eye roll at all that stuff. Like I don't watch a reality. I mean, if I ra- watch reality TV, it's probably like two years too late and it's just on some like platform. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of funny. This happened. Oh, didn't even know. <laughs> I think that's such a healthy approach to dance. And I feel like this industry, because we've talked about it before, like if people if you take it so seriously and if it's like life or death, I have to book this job, then it's like, yeah, you may be successful, but you're not really enjoying it. And then you burn out. And then it's like, you get wrapped up in that whole, that scene and that, that mindset. And so, yeah, I almost think, and I applaud people that can like enjoy it and be like, you know, it's, it's going to be what it's going to be. But it's, it's those people that hold themselves that to such a high of a standard of perfection within this industry. And as we all know, 95% 95% of the time it has nothing to do with us at all. I know. So it's, if you can exactly. kind of go, then it's, it's the longevity of your career, I think is, is so much more there. Yeah, I absolutely hundred percent agree with that because that's, that's so true, but there are still those people who are going to live, breathe, eat it all and do it. And great, great for you. I just don't have that energy. I don't have that time and mental capacity. I need to take a breath. I need to be like, all right, well, this is, I have to rationalize it in my ways that we're just human. And this is, these are industries and this, you know, this capitalism and they're making money off of this, that, and the other. And, but what do I really love about it? It's the dance. It's getting on set and dancing. It's that's, that's it. There's kind of something I want to point out, and I think it might be like controversial to some people, but when I think of you, Clarice, like, and you're dancing, um, you know, back in the day, back, uh, you know, maybe a decade ago, um, you know, tricks were considered just your pirouettes and your tilts and your kicks and your jumps, but now tricks have kind of um, morphed into, you know, doing a pancake and doing a kip up and doing... um, you know, some crazy acrobatic thing. And so I get insecure sometimes because I'm like older and I'm like, okay, like it's fun to train that stuff for sure. It's fun to learn new things, but I don't think that that defines like being a great dancer. And I feel like with you too, whenever I watch you, even just your videos, 
um, that you post on Instagram. I'm like, Oh my God, no, like you can still see the passion. You can still see the heart and we're still, you know, moving beautifully, but you're almost like a purist. And I kind of look at myself the same way where I'm like talking about the essence of dance and still finding the joy and the artistry and the difficulty in movement rather than trying to do, you know, something that's crazy acrobatic. And I would just kind of want to know how you feel. Like, does it ever make you feel like less than when you see these students who are learning new things, which are really cool, but oh, like always wanting to sustain this, like in our industry, like, like I want to always sustain, like movement is still just as important as, you know, those crazy acrobatic things, not to take away from that. There's a place for everything, but what I kind of want to know your thoughts. I, on know. That. I know I'm going off of our like questions, but I'm just curious. No, yeah. I mean, I think that's a really good point. Um, I mean, I tell my students this all the time. It's the technique training that gets you a standard base and you, you, you train and you get the tricks under your belt. But if you're not working at it from a place of passion and you're just thinking about getting to the tricks, like it doesn't matter how many tricks you get. Like it's just not going to read. It's not going to make anyone feel anything. Like it doesn't even matter... I mean, hip hop, it could be anything. So I'm not talking about like contemporary feel. I'm talking about anything like where you're just like, wow, like that is that they're moving and they love it. And wow, that trick was extraordinary, but that's only a bonus. Um, but yeah, no, I don't do any, I've never, I've done an aerial once on the, on the pace rosary, <laughs> we're in rosary practices, like on the mat, cheer mat. Um, Kathy Rigby recently helped me do it, but I've only done it assisted. Like I'm still not... I'm, I'm, I'm not challenging myself in those ways. Cause, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's necessary for me, especially right now, I, the time and the place that we're at right now. And also just in my career, I feel like I'm strong enough in what I've been trained to do my entire life. Um, and my, and I just, I feel like I, my performance will, will bring me through, you know? That makes me want to cry. Like, seriously, I just, honestly, I did the, ask that question, like, selfishly. I just really needed to hear that. And it's crazy because I feel like you find a lot of times with, like, commercial jobs and even, like, um, I just went to, like, a commercial casting the other day. And it's, like, you train your whole life to do all of these things. And then, like, all they need you to do is make sure you have stage presence. And, like, we want to watch your your face and, like, your energy on mm -hmm. camera. And so I feel mm -hmm. like we, I, with younger students, I always want to go back to that. Like, yes, build on that. But really where's your essence and your passion because that is what makes people who are non-dancers and t brad and i have had this conversation so many times that's when you make non-dancers want to watch you like dancers and non-dancers like be like yeah. oh my god i'm drawn to this person absolutely yeah no my students um i tell them that all the time i say you know half of the stuff we do in my in our professional dancing industry is a lot less hard than what you're doing what we're teaching you to do so it's just, it's just ironic. Anybody can come in and not have the training you do and book something over you when, you know, say when you're 18, 19, 20, but that's, that's just because of, I mean, it could, it's a factor of things as we know, casting, look, whatever, but it's, it's, if you stick to your presence and you, you perform the way the choreographer, director, whatever wants, they're going to choose that person, whether or not they have the technique or not. But the technique is an added bonus like that. As long as they have the essence and the present presence and the performance and the passion and technique, that's only like going to heighten your chances a bunch, but you have to have both and you have to first and foremost have that like passion behind it for sure. Totally. And isn't it, I always kind of geek out on the evolution of dance and the evolution of dance sharing like of obviously like with YouTube and everything that um, and like we were talking about so you think like the abundance of availability to dance has changed not only the way that non-performers feel about dance but also like how my students and how I like I remember growing up like going back to what you're saying like I remember those showstopper videos from like West Coast and like you know I remember I um we used to compete at Hall of Fame all the time. And that was like the big deal about Hall of Fame is they would post videos online. And then, mm -hmm. you know, here comes along YouTube where suddenly everyone can post everything. And um, fast forward now, you know, 2020, everything, or dance and inspiration is at everyone's fingertips. But going back to what we were saying about like, I feel that 
this generation and some of my students get very caught up in that and the front aerials and the head springs and the wow she can do, like literally do four pirouettes on her foot and her head which is cool don't get me wrong but it, again it's like how often do you ever even get the chance to do that in an audition where as opposed to like do a jazz square smile and pivot turn you know and so mm -hmm. i think it's such a double-edged sword of the beauty of inspiration but then the toxicity that comes with judgment and comparison and oh, I, absolutely. I, I find myself telling my students like just dance you know just dance like don't it doesn't need to be uh the most technical thing but like tell a story and mm -hmm. um going back to what you were saying and what alex was saying like i remember watching you in the show and same thing, you just have such a, a, a light and a, a fire when you perform. So how do you, um, like as a teacher and um, as a coach for dance team, like how do you instill that in your students? Well, um, currently, um, I still think they, it's funny because all my students either weren't born when I was on so you can dance, or were just so young. And so you think it's dwindled down. So they're just like me. I can tell them my resume, but they're like, meh. <laughs> like, it's not, I'm not a big personality on Instagram. Um, I'm not that. So it's funny because they get really inspired and they, I, I'll turn around and they're just like, their mouths are open and their eyes are open when I do something and demonstrate in person. That speaks like an eight count doing it speaks to them like, oh crap. Like that was, whoa. Like, how did that happen? So I think just by demonstration is the biggest thing for me because I'm not, a, I'm not a big, uh, so, you know, what, what is important, like you said to them is the whole social aspect of it. And, you know, they now, like you said, you get, you used to watch showstopper videos and that's how we would see each other on YouTube. That's how we would see each other ever. If we weren't competing at the same competition, we knew about these groups by YouTube but like, that's it. Now these kids know what the dancer's favorite color is, what their preference on this, that, and the other is, what they're wearing today, outfit of the day, what products they like. So that's just a lot of information <laughs> to me screaming that it gets lost on like what they actually do, if that makes sense. So I, I don't have that. And, and that's, I don't care. I mean, I, I should care, but I don't. So I, I like to demonstrate. That's why I like teaching because I get to physically be a, be in the room with them and explain my experience. Um, but really it is just by demonstration in person and just being able to guide them through it. And they're like, how do you do that? that? I mean, yeah, <sighs> that's the truth. I mean, I feel like too, in this time uh, with COVID, like people are really utilizing watching YouTube videos even more and like old videos are resurfacing and stuff like that too. So even then we get like not desensitized but you've watched like 500 youtube videos being COVID. it like you lose that in-person effect that when you are teaching and then you demonstrate in front of someone they're like oh yes i absolutely get that okay cool because then they yeah. can attempt it right after they see you do a you know five pirouettes and then you know all of your jazz funk styles go straight into that and you have both and they're like oh okay yeah i'm not doing that because i'm looking at myself in the mirror right now and i'm yeah yeah yeah, yeah. nowhere near that <laughs> absolutely and i think that's what's so powerful about teaching and 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 no shame on convention teaching but i think that that's a they i mean they do that too and i feel like they pride themselves on that but there's always a camera there's always a there's always uh, 500 students that, you know, that looks good for them. Like, it's just, it's a different play on teaching. Um, again, love all of you convention teachers. Love you so much. Congratulations for being booked and blessed. <laughs> but I don't know. The, 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 smaller, the smaller, I think, the more you can get across um, in a more, in a more organic true honest way <clears throat> but that's just me that's that quality quality versus quantity thing that yes, i think is yes, really important yes. to constantly being um our mantra like every day that we wake up because we dancers are a product mm -hmm. and that's just the truth of the matter but also when you become an educator and you're you're um using your experience to educate other students you have to be really care so much about not you know having 
50,000 students in class, you want 10 amazing ones because they had your training. And so it's so important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And teachers and choreographers that teach to teach, right? Like I'm, you bring up such a good point and it's something that's like irked me. Again, going back to the double-edged sword analogy, it's like, yes, we love the exposure and the um, accessibility to dance, right? Because it's, there are cameras everywhere and everything's being filmed, but also like I'm such, when I take class, I'm like, no, don't, this is my like playground time. This is, this is me mm -hmm. figuring out who I am. And so for you to like have a camera in my face as we're like warming up, it's like irks me, but, but even more so it's, it's teachers that will teach, like they show up and they feel like they're being, <laughs> they feel like they're on a reality show and you're like, no, yeah. you're, you're actually, people are paying you to, to learn this craft. And mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's such a, a, delicate balance and a fine line to navigate but um yeah yeah i'm not sure yeah. what the answer is but so so when it comes to um teaching or let me be specific when it comes to choreography um mm -hmm. how how do you start like what's your process is it is it music do you start with a um like visually can you just walk us through that yeah yeah so choreography it just depends on what it is so if i'm i'm asked to guest choreograph um and I don't know the kids at all, I'd kind of ask for some videos of the dancers and see what their vibe is, or just ask the, the coach or whatever, um, what they're looking for as far as, I, typically I, all, a lot of my guest choreographed stuff is lyrical contemporary, um, which is so funny because I actually, I feel like I perform jazz better or like I'm a better dan jazz dancer. But um, I do love to play around with contemporary lyrical a lot um, as far as choreography. But it just depends. But I, the music, like the music will take me. And, I, and I'm a, such a visual person that I can choreograph like in the car. I can choreograph like in my bed. Like one of my friends like freaked out. We were in Australia. I was teaching a master class. We were there for Taylor's tour. And it was like late and I had me to teach in the morning. I had to teach in the morning, had not prepped this combo. And, and, and so he's just, I was like, Hey, I have to do this. He's like, Oh, it's all good. And so then I turn off the lights. I get in bed. He's like, then you have to choreograph. I was like, Oh yeah, no, I am. Like I have it. And I like, I have my headphones in, like, I'm going to figure it out. He's like, what? He's, and he just brought it up like last week. He's like, I can't believe <laughs> that that happened. That's just like, I'm so visual. I need to see it in my head. <laughs> I don't know how that makes sense but before I even try but that's not always the case sometimes I like to improv and like get my body moving um but a lot of the times it's visually yeah <laughs> that's so fascinating and yeah I I will agree with you fully my best moves come when I'm sitting at a stoplight and like <laughs> then the car behind me honks and I'm like I'm sorry I was in the middle of like a really fierce section so I need to like <laughs> relax but <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's, that's so interesting. And, and yeah, I, I love that. So thank you. Yeah, no, it's, it's visual for me. I'm a visual learner too. So if I'm taking class, I'm most likely just like watching very, like very intensely. And I need to see exactly how the choreographers or the teachers is moving so I can recreate properly instead of, and obviously I need to try it a couple times, but most likely the first time around I'm watching. And that's what I think a lot of my students need. And that's, and everyone's different. A lot of people like need to do it. And, and some people need to watch me first, like look at which foot I'm using, which arm I'm using. Um, I think that's really important. Um, just patience, patience watch and listen, listen to the timing, listen to the musicality. But uh, yeah, mus music, music is important. Visual is important for me when I'm choreographing. Um, and then things will be tweaked. If I'm like, mm, that really doesn't work as well as it did in my head, then that happens too. It's crazy what you say about choreographing when you're calm and you have your eyes closed because people think I am total bullshit when I'm like, <laughs> no, I honestly, I choreograph in the car with my eyes or I choreograph sitting down and I only go into a studio once I already have like a good yeah, yeah, me too. face and I add on to it because sometimes if I have nothing prepared and I just stand in the studio, I'm just like, I have nothing. But when I'm sitting with myself, 
And that goes back, I think, being such competition kids, you have to sit down and visualize. And I remember for Rosary, we would just sit in a circle and we would listen to the music and we would visualize what we were doing. Mm -hmm. We weren't doing anything, but I saw the whole routine within my mind. And that's a really powerful tool. tool. It's so good for your brain, but that's how I'm able to choreograph just like sitting because you can see it and it speaks to your your body. Like you literally feel those vibrations and that aura. Like it's so, yeah. yeah. And people well, maybe maybe it's maybe. Yeah, maybe that's where we get it from because I still use that with my kids too. They have to close their eyes, like watch the dance in their head, do it full out in their head with your, what are your faces doing? Like, what is, what's your body doing? Like, how, how's your technique in your head? Like, you you need to visualize what that looks like. And it's a scientific fact too. I remember reading an article when I was really, really young. That is what helps you get over stage fright. Even if you have a tiny bit of it where you're really nervous the more the night before you're visualizing yourself doing it, the more the more calm you're going to be when you get out there. And you have to be calm when you're in your own. Oh, wow. like if you're stressed oh, yeah. and like ahead of the music, like I always am. It's it can be really really stressful. Yeah. Oh, well, that's that's good to know. I mean, so, yeah. Not that a lot of my kids have stage fright, but you know, it's always nerve wracking going on stage. Um, but yeah, you have to be calm. Absolutely. I always tell them you got to shake up the nerves. I don't care if you have to like, I don't know, punch nothing. <laughs> I jump up and down, scream a bit. But when you're backstage, you have to be calm, like no shakies. No shakies. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how it was to be on tour uh, for Taylor Swift's Red Tour and uh, what that schedule was like, how you kind of trained for it? and um, all of that because I feel like that's every dancer's dream is to be on tour with an artist and how was it for you I, I know from knowing you that it was fun but if you can give us some details from that well I know it's every dancer's dream but this tour actually was a dream like I I can't even I can't even believe that I had that experience with the with the people that I had the experience with and with a team like Taylor's who treated everybody so well I mean, it was like a family and, um, the schedule was so easy. <laughs> we were just so lucky. Basically it ran the U S part ran for like nine months, but there was just so much downtime. She really, I mean, there was probably like three average shows a week. Um, but there were times when we had like one show a week and we were traveling on a bus and we would have a couple of days off in a city. If we had more than three or four days, it'd send us wherever we wanted in the country and then back to the next city. It was, it was so nice. They were amazing. Um, but yeah, I would say training for it, but okay. So back in this day, I hadn't lifted a weight. I hadn't done a squat in my life. Like I didn't do anything else to train my body with dance. So, and the dancing on that was, I mean, I was sweating, but it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't. And I was also we were drinking and eating and having fun majority of the time. So it's not like I, I kind of, I kind of, that's when I, it was like a reality check of like, Oh, I have to train my body in a different way too. <laughs> I'm dancing for like an hour and a half. I shouldn't have to. So I would say that that was a, like a realization moment for me of, okay, no, we got to do something else. So that's when I started doing like yoga really consistently after that leg. Um, so that brought out a lot of good things in me habit wise, uh, which is amazing too. So just like a win-win, <laughs> but I had so much fun. It was amazing. Um, the dancing was awesome. Tice was the choreographer and uh, it was, I just, I, I've, I have so many good things. There's so many good stories. We went uh, overseas as well. So we would, uh, we went to like London, Australia, New Zealand, um, a couple places in Asia and somewhere else, but I forgot. <laughs> of all those places, um, which was your favorite? Like if you could go back to just one of them, where would it be and why? Oh, that's really hard. Um, there's so many, there's just some, there's the cultures are all different. So it's like, that's so hard. Uh, London is definitely a standout in my head. I'm like obsessed with the people. Um, we were like right in the middle of, like Oxford Circus and it was amazing cobblestones, the buildings, like you could just the history. And um, again, the people were so friendly and fun, but Singapore was, I mean, a dream come true. It was like, we stayed at the, uh, the, I can't even think of the name 
the hotel, but the one with the three towers and it has like a boat at the top and there's like a pool and like, it's just like, how, how did that happen? Like, how are we just chilling in Singapore for like a week? <laughs> That's just crazy to me. So yeah, my friends and I, my best friend, Teo, like we talk about all the time. Like, we're just so grateful that we have that experience. Not many dancers get to say that. And then on top of that, again, again, I hear horror stories of artists, particularly not treating their dancers very well. And that was not the case for us. So double blessed. So happy and so lucky. That makes me so happy to hear that. That's, yeah, that always puts a smile on everyone's face when things go really well and dancers are a priority. And uh, it's incredible. Yeah. And I do hear amazing things, obviously, from you about Taylor, but she's pretty consistent in that way. Um, so you're very lucky that you got to have that experience and those memories. So mm-hmm. I Yay. love that. Um, <laughs> one thing I kind of want to leave off with is uh, if you could give our listeners like one audition tip that um, you think is the most, I guess not efficient, but your favorite audition tip, like something that you do where you're like, you really feel in the zone. I feel like I'm a, personally, I feel like I'm a really good auditioner. Um, I, again, I, performing is what I do. And it, if you treat it like a performance, it really, I mean, it's, you can't go wrong. Um, so number one, I feel like you need to dress the part. Every time I come to an audition, everyone's like, whoa, or like, oh, wow. Okay. I, it's like, you got to know that they're casting you. So you have to, so if it's for like Hairspray Live, like you've got to come looking like you're in the production already with the makeup, with uh, the, the outfit, like you have to have no reason for them not to see you in the role already. Um, so that's number one. So if you have that in your belt and you're like, Oh, that they just look good. Like, and they're most likely to keep you through the first round. Um, obviously if they get the choreography and all that stuff, but, um, I feel like I get, and then number two, you have to catch the details of what the choreographer wants. And that that's just an extension of looking the part, knowing what you're bo- trying to book and coming in there having that. So, so you have to have the details in the choreography with exactly what the choreographer wants. Because most likely it's a mix of how you look and how you executed the choreography for the first round. If you missed a bunch of details, they're less likely to keep you. Um, and then once you've made it past the last round, it's just about like literally all eyes on me. Nobody should be able to take their eyes off of you. You have to put that presence in that performance. Um, and that's eye contact. I tell my students this all the time. It's like when you're dancing in front of me and if you're looking like on the corner, you don't have to be staring at me the whole time, but you have to make that contact. Um, yeah, I don't want you staring at me the entire time either. It's, it's like a balance of look at me, I'm going to hit this really sharp and you're going to see it. And then I'm going to look at you and then I'm going to look like, it's just like this, this organic conversation, um, in performance through performance, through dance, through the music, through the choreography. Um, that's why I really like auditions. And then also, uh, just like watching other dancers, but not in a way that you're judging yourself. (laughs) That's the hardest part of an audition is you, you have to watch dancers that are like, ooh, they did that really good. Like, I got to do that. I got to put that into my, I got to put that in my mix of tricks that I'm going to do. Not, not tricks, but what I mean is like, you know, the style and the, you know, whatever. Or, or if they made eye contact and they had a little moment, be like, yeah, I got to remember that. So the best thing is to not beat yourself up at auditions. Because the second you do that, you've lost the job. <laughs> so, yeah, there's just like couple things that that you just got to remember and you only get better with practice don't expect I mean new dancers new new professional dancers not in this climate it's not like we're auditioning for dance dance right now but um in like a big setting commercial it's a different story um but in a big dance setting um you've got to not beat yourself up you, you have to go in there with confidence like you are the best dancer in the room not cockiness, not a cockiness that is, you know, any sour energy, but something that's just like uplifting yourself and just like giving yourself the energy to go out there and like book it. <laughs> that's like that kind was, of a loose explanation. No, not at all. <laughs> I mean, I think just so many people needed to hear that, especially again, like in this climate, we're not doing it every day. So it's like, 
you're not training that muscle all the time. And it's just such a good check-in to be like, okay, yes, we need to have, bring this confidence back. And yeah, I, I appreciate you sharing that with us because people will, that will really resonate with everybody. And, um, yeah, it resonated with me. So thank you so much. Totally. Yeah. And I love, I love what you said, Alex. Like it's, I'm almost like the longer that this non, this COVID era continues where we're not frequently taking as much class or auditioning as much, it's almost like I get more anxious about going back to it because you're like, can I still do that? How's my, you know, like where are my headshots? Where are my resumes? Like, I know. um, And that's going to be the biggest thing for us to come out of this and stay to like stick together is to remember that it's okay if you don't have it the first three auditions back like try not to give up on it because everyone's in the same boat like you can't you can't be upset I mean be upset but you can't give up just because the first audition was a hot mess that's okay like it's all good all of us feel that way and we're just trying to get back on our feet after this as if it's stopped but it hasn't but I know that when we get there we're just gonna all have to like be like like lift each other up and ourselves up um so we can continue to make this industry happen in like a positive way so that's what i think thank you so much clarice and i just again i want to thank you for taking the time and i just want to mention um uh you came to uh watch the beatles love like during my last week of shows and i just wanted to thank you again i know i messaged you but that meant so much to me whenever people came into town i just got really excited because even though i loved the beatles love and i loved the work i would it was the first time in my life that i was homesick and like it just because the schedule was so rigorous i just got really excited whenever people were in yeah, town and so yeah it really meant a lot to me that you were there and um, that you got to see that. And I know you love the Beatles too. So just from the bottom of my heart, that like really meant so much to me. So thank you for taking the time to do this and taking the time to do that. <laughs> I wouldn't have missed it when I, when I heard it was your last couple of like, no, I'm go-. like, I ha- you've, we were on it for so long. I had been like in high school and watched it, but like that would be something I would love to do. That's something I haven't done yet that I would love to do is probably Beatles love or another Vegas show, but Beatles love like, whew, that would be, so I'm sure like I congratulate you on that. That that's amazing, and I'm so proud of you for that. So thank you so much. <laughs> totally. Well, Clarice, thank you again just for your time, your wisdom, your knowledge. Um, I've really enjoyed getting to know you and um, watching you two go back and forth like you know old high school friends. So um, thank you so so much for for your time and your energy. Um, where, if our listeners want to kind of follow up, um, do you have like a website or Instagram? Where can they find you? Um, you can find me on my Instagram would probably be the best. Uh, it, the mention is at D eight Clarice and it's not date Clarice, but it is date. Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> but so you think you made those handles for us back in the day and I knew it. now everyone's like, well, why do you want me to date you? I'm like, you know what? Get over it. <laughs> it is really funny. I get it all. We get it all the time, but if we change it on, on Twitter, we lose our verification. So you got to keep it. I mean, right. Yeah. I gotta have, I gotta hold on to something. <laughs> totally. Well, um, again, thank you so much, Clarice. Um, it's been a pleasure and I, we hope to have you again soon in the, in the That'd near future. Awesome. The, a, a reunion episode, um, but yes, thank you again that. and, um, stay well through this crazy time. And, um, we look forward to speaking with you soon, but thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was so fun. Thank you so much. Bye.